You're listening to a Mornings with Kelly and Steve podcast. Be sure to check us out every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on Moody Radio. want to warm up the conversation by saying welcome. It's been far too long since we have talked with Dr. Charles Ware. He is the Executive Director of Grace Relations and Special Assistant to the President of the College of Biblical Studies and been reminding you of a book that he co-authored quite a while back that I want you to get and read, by the way, co-authored with Ken Ham. It's One Race, One Blood, and I think everybody should read that book. I have very strong feelings about that. Dr. Ware, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Sister Kelly. You know, I used to say that Steve, he's a graduate of our college. I say the students we train is my claim to fame. And and yet he left you there all alone. So I don't know what I'm going to say this morning. (laughs) Well, you see how he does me now. (laughs) He left me to do it all. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's all yeah, right. you, you you can handle it. You can yeah, handle it. I think good. I, I think we're going to be okay. It's going <laughs> to it's going to be all right. I'm pretty sure we can do this. But Amen. Hey, I am so glad to get you back on the radio, Doctor. Where it, it has been far too long to, uh, for us to have gotten to talk, and I want to hear what's uh, going on with Grace Relations. And I know we've had quite a few. New people join us here on Moody Radio. So before we even get caught up with what is going on with Grace Relations, because I mentioned this earlier this morning a couple of times, because I wanted people to understand who maybe had not heard of Grace Relations before. Mm -hmm. I mentioned, you know, most of us would call it race relations, but you Mm -hmm. call it Grace Relations. And I would love for you to explain why you do. Yeah, I do, because from a Christian point of view, we're not seeking reconciliation like the world. We have been reconciled if we have been saved by the grace of God. And outside of the grace of God, we were lost in our sins, going in our own ethnic background and cultures. But once we are saved and we don't, we do not deserve salvation, it's God's grace. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And he has made two Gentiles, and that's everybody outside of the Jews, Jew and Gentiles, once we're saved, he's made us one, according to the scriptures, and we seek to live that out. So with that in my mind, what grace does to me, thinking in that, from that perspective, it humbles me. And I start with what God thinks of me and what God wants to say to me and what God wants to say through me to another individual. And, and that, that we have five objectives I have with Grace Relations. Number one is discipleship. I want to see people saved, and I want to see saved people discipled. I want to see us loving God and loving our neighbor. That's my number one. We can pass laws. We can be diverse. And I tell people they're, they're diverse prostitutes. I want righteousness. I want godliness. That's what I want in my life. That's what I want in our relationships. Loving God and loving a neighbor. The second thing that I'm looking to see happen is encouragement. The whole race discussion in our society is very divisive, very discouraging. Um, people don't feel like we can get a handle around it. It's, it's escaping us, and especially majority people. They feel like they're silenced. They feel like they're beat up on. They're all racist, and, 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 but I'm, I'm coming at it like, no, I want to minister the grace 
of God to my brothers and sisters, regardless of your ethnicity, because God wants to encourage us to collaborate together. Then the third thing that I'm looking for is to build communities that manifest John uh, 13, 34, and 35. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, not by the shingle you put on your church, not by how loud you can holler or, or, the, or the post you put in social media, but by this shall all men know that you're my disciples and that you have love one for another. That's our key marketing thing, especially in this culture. And then the fourth thing I'm, I'm looking for, I, theologians seek to correct me on this, and I know what they're saying, but, but, but I, uh, evangelism is what I'm really interested in. I tell people that um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to depopulate hell. <laughs> I don't mean to, I'm not getting anybody out, but I'm trying to stop the flow going in. Yeah. Uh, if people can get all the rest of the stuff and they don't get saved, what is it profited? And then finally, I just want to glorify God. So grace relations is that, especially for Christians who have the Holy Spirit, who have the Bible, and have unity created by Christ, trying to figure out how to live that out in a way to impact this world for Christ. You know, I remember, oh, how many years ago has it been? I, I want to say it's been a good maybe 10. You'll have to correct me if you can remember, Dr. Ware. I don't know if you can even remember how long ago it's been. But maybe 10 years ago, you and I were talking on the phone one January morning, and I think it was Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and mm-hmm. uh, we were having an early morning chat. It was just you and I. It seemed like everybody, everybody else in the world was taking the day off of work. And you said, because uh, we finished our conversation that morning, and I was playing a song, and you said, I've got an idea. Do you have a minute? And we ended up having to reconnect later. And that idea was to have some regular segments on the radio. And I think you were just starting to talk really and, and process through a lot of what would become Grace Relations and what that was going to look like. You were you were really thinking about this vision that God was giving you for, for this ministry. And I'm, I'm curious as to how Grace Relations has grown and, and what the impact is that you're seeing of the ministry. Because, you know, in, as I'm dealing with people, I, I feel like I'm seeing some areas of, of growth, but then I come over here and I, I deal with people in another arena and I'm seeing a lot of strife. I'm just curious, what, what are mm. you seeing well, since you know, that one day? Thing, yeah, one of the things that encourages me, Kelly, is number one, the devil, the world, and the flesh are going to fight us. So we expect we're going to have opposition. Another thing that encourages me is Jesus is the most loving person who ever lived, and um, he did everything right, and he was crucified. So I take it that, all right, there will be opposition, but at the same time, I look for God's remnant. God is at work. Now, some of the things that are happening through Grace Relations, I never would have dreamed of this, and there's a backstory to this. I won't take time to get into today, but um, uh, I was hurt through the leadership of two different ministries, and those ministries were led by Bob Jones University uh, graduates. And, and that was about 50 years ago. Right now, I'm speaking three times a year for Bob Jones University Press. They actually called me and came to Indianapolis to talk with me about my past and what had happened. 
and they said we were wrong biblically. That this, they was taught interracial marriage was sin, and I was denied entrance into a seminary twice by that was uh, the, pre- the president of it was a grad, uh, Bob Jones University grad, and mm-hmm. other things. But anyway, that's the grace of God. And 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 I I said to my assistant when they tell him I want to change my talk, I want to talk on something else, and they wrote back, no, 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 tell him other people have not heard this. We want him to share his testimony. And so that's the grace of God. And, and of course, you know, I wrote a book with Ken Ham. Mm-hmm. I speak for Creation Museum. Uh, uh, and, 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 and that, that art periodically. I'm traveling. I'm, I'm, I'm ministering to people and, and encouraging them. And now I'm committed to create some better resources to help people from a grace relations perspective. So God has just opened this door up. In a, in a marvelous way. And the last thing I said, as I told you, several months ago, a gentleman came up to me and said, do you have a national strategy for grace relations? And I said, no, I'm preaching and I'm praying. He said, if I paid for one, would you want one? And I said, yes, if you paid for it. Well, he's paying for it, and it's about to be completed. We will release that strategy in April. That is amazing. That's God. That is God. I mean, that things like that don't just happen every day. <laughs> oh no, they don't. I mean, I'm. You know, if if you'd ask me, would I thought these things would happen? I would say you smoking dope, you drugs, you <laughs> drugged up. You don't know what you're talking about. But but you know, God is just sharing with me and and um, shaping me to believe him, trust him. Um, I gave him my life as a living sacrifice back in 1968 when I got saved, and I still live by that foundation. Whatever he wants to do with my life, he can do it. I've been hurt. I've been disappointed. I don't look at the people. I look at God. You bought me here. You got me here. What do you want to do? How should I respond? How should I live? By the grace of God, he's kept me, and now he's showing me some of the fruit that um, he was preparing uh, me for mm-hmm. if I walked with him. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. And I love that you said that. He's showing you some of the fruit that he's prepared you for if you would walk with him, because we do have to go through a preparation and grace relations— uh, however any of us approach it that's not it's it's not an easy thing it's mm-hmm. it's it's a worthwhile thing that we are called to but it's not easy no like i said you got our enemies the devil the world and the flesh and they've been around a long time mm-hmm. and they got they got their game plan but um i always tell people no matter what plan you come up with or what program you come up with the x factor is the human heart Adam and Eve had everything right. The environment was right. Food was right. The parenting was right. The the environment was right. Everything was right. The things that we feel, oh, if we just get that, we'll be there. They had it all, and they sinned. So that reminds me that, you know, what we got to deal with and what I have to deal with above anything is, is my heart. I I like to start grace relations by talking about me. What What is my relationship with God? Do I have that relationship so I'm secure in his love and I can 
selflessly love others regardless of their ethnic background. Mm -hmm. That starts there. Because when I get that right, when I look at another individual, my question isn't what I think, what society says, but what does God want to say or do through me to them? So I'm God's instrument. I'm not vying for my own, but I'm vying for what God wants. And, and if it's a Christian, the next step is how do we work together? So we have us and us collaborative conversations rather than them and us. And the very last level of that training is them and us. That is saved and unsaved. And what should my attitude be towards unsaved people? They're blind, they're lost, and I need to weep over them and, and, and compassionately present to them the claims of Christ and, and give them an opportunity to be saved. Otherwise, they'll spend an eternity in hell, mm-hmm. and um, God doesn't want that. So that's, that kind of keeps me on the track. On track. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that, that's, you've got to have people around you who are going to help you also and pour into you because it is, you have got to be so careful in your flesh to not get caught up in, in, in you know, bad conversation because people that are lost, if you're not yeah. careful, that, that conversation can go bad. And, uh, and I guess what I'm trying to say is it can go sideways quick, fast, and in a hurry. If someone <laughs> says something to you that gets under your skin, you cannot return hate for hate as a Christian. You cannot do it. That is so true, in fact. The Bible says in First Peter when they falsely accuse us and say, oh, man of evil against us, silence them through your good works. That's God's method of working. Um, and yet we would want to demonize, scream, holler, you know, get we, we actually demonstrate what we're condemning them for. So now God is really soft in my heart on that one, you know, mm-hmm. you know like Jesus, Jesus didn't have to go to the cross. And and I wasn't worthy of him going to the cross. You know, it was his mercy, his yeah. grace, and and he wants to show that through me to others. Hey, I want to ask you a question, Doctor Ware, about conversations with other people, because um, mm. I, I I and this is a legitimate question, you know, from me because I don't know, mm. you know, if this is a right way or a wrong way to look at a thing, mm. how to handle a thing when you're talking with someone when it comes to grace relations and just having those initial conversations. And let's just say, um, you know, whether it's Christian to Christian or Christian to mm. non-Christian, and I'm talking about, you know, from one person of, of color to uh, another person who's, uh, let me just name colors if I can. Let's, let's just mm-hmm. say we've got a black person and a white person who are having a yeah. discussion. Doesn't matter which one is the Christian, doesn't matter which one isn't. Maybe they're both Christians, doesn't matter. Um, but when you're having that discussion where there have been racial issues, and you look all the way back in the Bible, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, mm-hmm. Scripture is rife with ethnic tensions. <laughs> it's been there since forever, courtesy of the enemy, courtesy of the fall. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you're having these conversations, um, I'm curious because I hear so many things, you know, culturally, I hear people say, I'm colorblind, I don't see color. Then I hear other people say, well, don't be colorblind, God made variety in people, you need to recognize that. And then I hear people say, well, we need to rise above everything as Christians, and color shouldn't matter at all. Well, how do you even have those conversations? Because it seems sometimes to me we can get hung up on the wrong things, but I don't want to be insensitive 
to what matters to someone else, too. No, I think you, you really have to listen and try to, if you can, by the grace of God, determine the source of their pain and and respond to the pain as you ought to. Because, yeah, I understand the thing about color, but, but I, you know, one of the things that, that, that I understand is God's not primarily interested in your color. He's interested in your character. And, um, and, and Martin Luther King was, Jr. was right in his dream that there would be a day when you're not judged by the color of your skin but the content of your character. That is a biblical principle. And um, so color doesn't solve the problem. In fact, color, um, I, well, that's a whole different thing. But, I, but even when you're talking about color, to, to talk realistically, Mm-hmm. There's been so much interracial marriage, and yet we have interracial relationships, not even marriage, and yet we claim to be identified in a way that secular society identified us, especially white supremacists. They put the color line there trying to protect the so-called purity of the white race. That's why your mother could be white, your father could be could be a, 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 a white, but you're black because one parent was black. Well, that's not biologically true, but that was that is a system that was created. So I will listen. I won't get into that argument as much as trying to figure out. So what's the source of your pain, and how can we bring an answer mm-hmm. to your pain uh, to Christ? Because, like you said, you can we can argue back and forth about those things, get mad, blow up, don't talk to one another. And um, the devil just sits back and laughs. Yeah, that's what I get I concerned see, about. I, I can see color, but I'm but I but I know that sin comes in all shades of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and grace and grace can reach people of all shades of color. And when God when when we get to heaven, God ain't gonna be saying, "What color are you?" <laughs> He's gonna want to know, "Have you been washed in the blood?" Uh huh. Amen to that. You just said sin comes in all colors, so let me ask you another question, because we need to know the difference. And you have pastored, you have been a man of God for a very long time. What is the difference? How do we know the difference, I guess is what I want to ask. How do we know the difference, discern the difference, see the difference between righteous anger and sin when we're having these conversations? Well, I think one of the things is that righteous anger seeks the good of the person. Unrighteous anger seeks to satisfy us. You know, I'm getting even, I'm showing you, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Whereas righteous anger, I I think a a book that um, my pastor, Mark Volker from College Park, where I go to church, wrote a book, Weep With Me, and he he talked about lament, um, a prayer of pain that leads to trust. And, 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 And Paul talks about Romans 1, you know, you go down that scale in Romans 1 at the end, God gave him over to a reprobate mind. But if you get up in 14 through 16, Paul says, I'm a debtor. I'm a debtor. I mean, these are unrighteous people. They, they created a mess. And he says, I'm a debtor. Both to the wise and unwise. And he says, as much as this in me is, I will preach the gospel. Now, you, you read Jonah. Jonah knew the character of God. He had good theology but he had a terrible heart. And God blessed him 
took him to Nineveh, had him preach, saved the whole city, and Jonah's mad. Why is he mad? He told God, I knew the type of God you were. <laughs> I knew that you'd do something like that. That's why I didn't want to go. We need to check our heart. Mm-hmm. Because many times our righteous anger, we're trying to call down fire from heaven and burn them all up like mm. Jesus' disciples. We need to ask ourselves, am I willing to pick up my cross for these people? Do I want righteousness and health for them? Uh, because that motive is so critical. Remember 1 Corinthians 13, you can, do, you can preach, you can learn, you can have faith and all that. But if you don't have love, profits nothing. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine standing at the foot of the cross looking up at Jesus and trying to justify hating anybody for any reason. Well, that's the deception of the devil, sister, and that's what happens. We feel, we feel that we are more righteous than they are, that, that, that we have the upper hand, we have a right to condemn them, and in some cases burn them in hell if we had the power. God wants us to, to speak for righteousness, to speak for justice, and to suffer for it. So I tell, I want people, if they're going to hell through talking to me, I want them to wade through my tears, not just hear my jeers and my condemnations. Mm-hmm. That's the heart we should have, and, and that's righteous thing, because God gets upset with the sin. I mean, uh, Billy Graham was right. He said, if God doesn't judge America, you're going to have to, re- have to um, uh, repent of what he did with Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, we're yeah. worse than they than they were, rather, and uh, and I think I think I think as Christians we need a good dose of humility, weeping, fasting, praying, seeking the power of God, because He can do what we cannot. We're looking for the solution in all the wrong places. We need to look for the solution from God Himself, and that means that we're humble. We're an instrument in His hands. We're willing to suffer, and we're willing to weep, and we're willing to share. Man, we start doing that, everything is going to change. Amen. Man. Dr. Ware, we just got a, a couple of minutes left here for this morning, but I, I get a couple of things before I, I let you get away and get off the phone. Thing number one, and I'm going to say this with everybody as my witness, I want you back <laughs> here on the air on a regular basis. So, oh, hallelujah. I should answer the prayer. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, so you check your calendar. we got to make this happen. Uh, thing number two for folks listening, hearing about Grace Relations, um, where can they learn more about what you're doing? Do you have a, a website set up? Is there somewhere they can go to learn about any kind of training? Is there anything like that set up yet? Um, I don't know if I'm asking the right kind of question. Guide me here. Now, you're asking the right question, but let me let me just hold on to that to, to April because everything's going to change in a big way okay. in April. Okay. So, so get me back on, and let me throw this in. You didn't ask this, but let me throw this in. You got Share coming up. I'm excited about that. But mm-hmm. before Share, on March 9th, I'm getting married to Pat McGee, godly woman, Bible study leader, um, just God has brought us together in a very unique way, and I know... God has brought into my life. I love her with all my heart, and she will be 
it, we'll be, she'll be in the saddle with me with Grace Relations. I saw your picture on Facebook, your Valentine's <laughs> picture, and that just warmed my heart. And I just <laughs> smiled. I started to leave a message because, you know, since you, you shared this, Dr. Ware shared this on the phone with us just uh, several days ago, and I'm, I'm still in the back of my mind just, if I had all kinds of crazy money, you'd have the craziest wedding planned like you, you've never imagined in your life. That's, that's, I'm a woman. It's what I do, Dr. Ware. But congratulations. <laughs> She's a beautiful lady. I'm so happy for you guys. Um, inside and out. Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah, she, she's beautiful inside and out. I don't doubt that one bit. I do not. If God brought her into your life, I know she is. <laughs> hey, uh, one more question for you, because I also mentioned uh, the book One Race, One Blood, and I've been insisting that everybody read it. Where can we find that? I'm assuming we could what go I- to Amazon. Yeah, Amazon would be just fine. But yeah, and I, the more I think about that book and read it myself and read it over, it's very timely. It's 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 needed in our society right now. It really is. That's why I I think it's so important people get their hands on a copy and read it. It's very sobering. I'm going to tell you all that. It is a very mm. sobering read, and you do need to pick it up. Do not be sucked in by things that you hear the world teaching. You get a copy of this book. And read alongside your Bible and search for truth. You've got to search out truth. But uh, if you've got questions, text us. We're glad to help you out here. 800-969-9467. Dr. Charles Ware, Executive Director of Grace Relations and Special Assistant to the President of the College of Biblical Studies. And again, co-author with Ken Ham of the book, One Race, One Blood. Brother, it has been a joy to talk to you this morning. And congratulations on your upcoming wedding. Thank you, and you handled that program just fine without Steve. <laughs> Steve who? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love him to death. You know that. <laughs> yes. Hey, yes. thank you, Dr. Ware. I appreciate you. Thank you. God bless. God bless you too, brother. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life.